This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtBase. Did you know that ArtBase is the best love software in the art world? ArtBase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art and your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports. Even use it on your iPad or iPhone at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy ArtBase clients all over the world. ArtBase is the right software for your art business. Visit ArtBase.com to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's edition of the podcast, we're joined by Katie Kennedy Perez, founder of Geneva-based Kennedy Fine Art. Katie, thanks for speaking with us. It's a great pleasure. One area of the market in which you're involved is providing valuations for art financing companies for artworks which they're lending against. There's been a decent amount of attention paid to art lending firms that are based in the U.S., not as much so in Europe. What's your sense of the size of this industry in Europe? Is it really small, or have you seen some growth and traction there? Well, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting time to be talking about this subject matter. Um, there certainly has been um, a certain number, number of companies in the U.S. Um, that uh, have grown in importance and are quite well known. Um, but uh, I've noticed in, in any case in Europe that over the last three years, let's say, there's been um, almost a mushrooming of companies proposing this type of service. Um, if we look just in London, there there's several companies uh, providing uh, art loans. There's um, people like Falcon Art. There's uh, Right Capital. We've got Overstone, who's providing uh, advisory in the domain, which is uh, slight, a slightly different approach and interesting. And we also have um, banks, a private bank, uh, notably in Berlin, uh, that uh, provides this type of service. So for me, as a provider of valuations for art loans, I certainly find that this is a, a very exciting time to be involved in this. Uh, there was even um, a conference on the subject recently organized by Deloitte in Amsterdam in April, and um, the panel involved a lot of people from the art finance industry, including uh, Athena Art Finance that came over from New York. So it just goes to prove that it's really um, a current subject and uh, a lot of interesting topics were brought up um, during the debate, including the question of, you know, how do you come to the, the valuation on which the art loans are made? Yeah, that's actually what I wanted to ask next. How difficult has it become to value art, given so much economic uncertainty and even political uncertainty we're seeing today? And how, how often do you update your values once you provide them? Well, I mean, it all depends on the purpose of the valuation. Um, but if we take the first part of the question um, about the economic situation, um, if we kind of look at key indicators um, in, in the art world, um, certainly as the reports that have come out this year have indicated, let's say, a drop in the overall market um, since last year. However, um, if we look at um, art fairs that have taken place in Europe this year, which is one way of looking at the, the health of the market. Um, we can see that Maastricht was, was a, a successful event. Uh, there was a lot of very positive feedback from Art Cologne as well. And we'll see what happens at Art Basel, which is another key indicator. So with regards to the, the market, um, I think despite the fluctuations uh, internationally, um, with art, we can consider that 
for for the time being, unless there's some dramatic uh, economic event in another sector, um, it, it's going to continue. Um, it, it's going to continue along the way it's been going for the, for the last uh, three to five years, um, which has actually been in growth. So a slight correction is is almost normal. Um, and then with regards to the valuation, uh, well, it, it depends because if you're doing an art loan um, valuation, then it, it, the timing is really critical to the value. So so if you give um, a current market value, it is just that. You're saying that at this present day, if somebody had to um, sell something without being forced to, not in a fast sale situation, this is what it would be worth. Um, whereas if you're valuing something, let's say, for insurance, you're probably going to, to value that you know, on an annual basis and, uh, and that will be reviewed. It's something that would come up for a subject to review, uh, for review. And are you providing the companies simply with a single figure for each artwork, or do they prefer greater context than that and more research? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the whole crux of the issue, really, for the art loans, I find. It's that um, previously, uh, I've seen in, in my previous years at, at auction houses, we might see reports or insurance reports that really just, you know, give you a figure saying, well, you know, this is how much uh, we consider this is worth, and about six pages of, you know, disclaimers about, you know, the, the, how the valuation is, is protected, but very little explaining how you get to the figure. Whereas um, I immediately came across the the feedback that you know these are financial people coming into the art market who who have all the knowledge of the financial structures, um, but are providing it based on art. So they need to have something that's almost translated to the way they they understand um, valuation. So in my case, in any case, I've developed um, a twofold approach to the valuations, in which uh, I look first at the macro economy, uh, and then the micro economy. So. I also even give a, a biography at the start of the of the document because you may be talking to somebody who really, you know, doesn't yet know who this artist is and they have every right to, to have a um, a bit of information and context to, to the person's uh, work. And then with the macro aspect, you're going to be looking at the, the globality of the market and in micro, you're really going to focus in on the actual piece itself. Why do you do this? Well, an average piece that's, say, in a very difficult market or let's say a a market that's not particularly strong for one artist, um, an average piece is going to kind of be pulled down by that general effect. Uh, whereas if it's a booming market for that particular artist, then, you know, even an average piece might might have a, potentially be given a higher value. Um, we often say that, you know, exceptional pieces are kind of resistant to the market in which they're presented. So I use that as a, as a tool to really show the, the context, the economic context, which informs then the further analysis of the work, which is very much based on the on the actual um, object itself. How much regulation is there in this sector in Europe, and how much do you believe there should be? Well, when I began um, this part of my activity um, about three years ago, I really initially thought, okay, so you know, this uh, this is an area I'm going to be working in. Where do I kind of sign up to, to you know, uh, regularize the the status or even just join a, a professional association? Um, I feel it's an important thing to do. And I, as I looked around, I mean, I'm based in Switzerland, but really throughout Europe, there's no specific body that that provides this type of um, professional. Um, validation almost, if you like. 
if you look at America, they have a couple of associations that are really very strong, like the Appraisers Association of America, um, which not only provides um, uh, an ethical t- context, so a code of ethics for when you provide evaluation, but also to become part of, become a member, you actually have to, you know, let's say even take, take an exam. Um, so there, there's a real uh, idea that you have to, you know, conform to certain um, processes and standards before you can become part of that organization. Uh, that's something that we don't have in, in Europe as such. And I think that as we go towards a more and more professional approach to um, art as a, as a commodity or an asset, um, then financial structures can be entirely justified in expecting valuers to, you know, um, at least adhere to some sort of uh, uh, association or code of conduct. So it's a subject that I'm, I'm discussing a lot with peers, and uh, there's even talk maybe with colleagues in Luxembourg of putting together some sort of uh, association, which would be something that we could look to um, in different European countries as, as a guideline. And lastly, since I have you here, I want to get your sense, your pulse on where you think the contemporary art market is now in Europe. Well, I mean, as I was saying earlier, you know, your, your different pulses, if you like, are, are the auctions that come up seasonally um, and then the, the art fairs themselves uh, and then, of course, the more general economic context. So at present, uh, there's possibly a slight slowdown in, in, in uh, economic growth and perhaps in, in the market, but the, these are very small, perhaps, adjustments because we have had quite a bullish market even going up, um, uh, even up to present day. I mean, the market's been growing uh, quite dramatically um, since uh, 2010, so which is itself quite a, an interesting uh, thing to consider because previously after the crashes in the 1980s and 1990s, the market took 10 years to, to come back to a growth uh, or its previous level, let's say, whereas in this context, we've seen post-2008 that the market has uh, refined its uh, level at two, uh, two years later and has since then been growing. So um, why is this? I mean, is it, it can't really be contextualized to Europe. I think the art market is too international. Um, I, I think it's a, a, in many ways due to this perception of art as obviously not only just being something that's uh, a pleasure to buy and own, but also the fact that um, it's considered more and more as an asset. And um, as certainly in Switzerland and other countries, people are questioning where they place, um, they place their, their money. You know, are they getting returns? Are they at risk? Then a certain amount of people are really looking to, to um, art as, a, as an alternative asset. And this reflect, is reflected, of course, in the, in the money that's coming into the, into the sales. And then if we look indistinctively at the... At economic growth, um, the Deloitte report, for example, indicated that ultra-high net worth individuals will grow by 41% by 2025. Um, so that's quite a significant um, projection, and very often we know that um, uh, there's an increasing uh, growth in art and portfolios, so potentially this is more money coming into this market. Katie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and talking about your experiences valuing Art, in particular, art that's uh, being lent against. My pleasure. If our listeners want to learn more about Kennedy Fine Art, what's the website they can go to? 
So it's um, www.kennedyfineart.ch. Um, we have uh, uh, all our details and information on our services there. We, we run both art advisory and uh, the valuations department. So our team here in Geneva, uh, which travels internationally to see clients, is, is uh, available to, to discuss any, any art-related uh, questions people may have. Great. Thanks so much again, Katie. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Adam. Thanks again to ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Do you know that ArtBase is the best love software in the art world? That's because ArtBase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art in your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports. Even use it on your iPhone or iPad at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy ArtBase clients all over the world. ArtBase is the right software for your art business. Visit ArtBase.com to find out more.